0: Welcome to Ask the Chief Information Officer on Federal News Network. Now your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Jimmy Hall, Jr., the State Department's Bureau of Intelligence and Research Chief Information Officer and Director of the Technology and Innovation Office. Jimmy, thanks so much for taking the time to join me. You're welcome
1: so much. Thank you.
0: A lot of folks may not really understand what the Bureau of Intelligence and Research does, so that's where I'm actually going to start for once. Uh, You're not somebody who maybe, in terms of your office, that maybe people know. So let's discuss what is the mission of the INR, and then how do you support that as its CIO?
1: As both a bureau in the Department of State and a member of the intelligence community, the Bureau of Intelligence and Research, INR as it's known, is the only U.S. intelligence organization whose primary responsibility is to provide intelligence to inform diplomacy and support U.S. diplomats. Not widely known, INR is the United States' oldest civilian intelligence agency, created in 1945 when the Research and Analysis Branch of the Office of Strategic Services, that's OSS, was transferred to the Department of State. INR has carried on the OSS legacy of deep, deep expertise, independence, and speaking truth to power. In short, INR is a member of the intelligence community, IC as it is known, And our mission is to deliver and uh, coordinate timely, objective intelligence that advances U.S. diplomacy for the purpose of safeguarding peace and prosperity for the American people. So, in essence, I'm the department's intelligence CIO. So, I've been asked to lead the digital transformation efforts. Um, It's key to note that my role is also to provide strategic oversight and direction for all of INR's communications and IT functions. So having said that, this includes planning, managing, and directing the security and integrity of the department's state top secret uh, sensitive compartment information technology fabric, right? In other words, a TSSCI fabric for the department. In that, you know, I work closely with RM, that's the Information Resource Management, and the Diplomatic Security Directorates inside of the state department. So that's pretty effective, and it allows me to deliver those secure, efficient, and effective broader strategic goals of the IC and the Department of State, and overall, my role in the CIO is critical to supporting INR's uh, mission by providing an IT infrastructure that enables us to deliver timely and objective intelligence to advance u s diplomacy. So in a nutshell, you know I provide the IT support.
0: And we will get into your background in a little bit, but I, I'm fascinated by the fact it's the oldest uh, civilian intelligence agency transferred from uh, OSS in nineteen forty five that's fascinating. As the CIO, I mean, how much of a learning curve has this been for you? You step in and all of a sudden it's a whole new agency because, and again, we'll get into your background in a second. Give me a sense of, of how you've kind of familiarized yourself with, with INR. It hasn't been a, a steep learning curve uh, from
1: a CIO perspective. Uh, my learning curve has evolved around or revolved around the switch from DOD's mindset and mission to State Department's mindset and mission, particularly the diplomacy and uh, state engagements and embassy support that State Department is required to do, uh, as opposed to the DOD's primarily support to uh, military services. Fortunately for me, there's been several manuals written on the first 100 days for CIOs, so I picked up a copy of those, dusted off the versions that I have, and I've been able to kind of step my my way through, first and foremost, doing a a 30-day, 60-day, and 90-day assessment, taking a look at the workforce and ensuring that we're organized uh, strategically and properly to support mission requirements. And then, lastly, and most importantly, you know, I sat down with Assistant Secretary Brett Holmgren and understand and understood at least what his challenges are and what he
0: expects of me as a CIO. Let's talk a little bit about your background because you came over from DoD, as you mentioned. Uh, let's discuss some of your previous roles. You were at the, if I remember right, DCSA previously. Yeah, so I was previously at the Defense Counterintelligence and Security
1: Agency. So I believe that my previous roles have prepared me well for this position. Throughout my career, I've gained valuable experience in managing complex IT systems and networks, developing IT policies and strategies, and implementing cybersecurity measures to protect sensitive information. My experience as the acting CIO of DCSA and DSS, Defense Security Services, has given me a deep understanding of the importance of IT services and supporting essential business functions and missions. I've developed and implemented IT strategic plans, overseeing the delivery of IT services to customers, and ensure that IT fully supports the agency's business operations. Additionally, my experience in various command and staff positions in my 30-year U.S. Army career honed my leadership skills and provided me with a strong foundation and technical expertise. I work with a variety of stakeholders, including those in the intelligence community, and understand the importance of communications and collaboration in achieving organizational goals. So overall... I believe that my previous roles have prepared me to effectively lead INR's IT operations, ensure the security and integrity of its network,
0: support its mission of delivering timely and objective intelligence to advance U.S. diplomacy. When you say there's a little difference between the mindset, if you will, or the mission areas between state and DOD, what what do you see as the biggest difference? What are some of those things that, oh, I didn't realize that, or, or okay, I have to kind of change or modify the way I, I view things, can you talk a little bit about the, in the short amount of time you, you've been with uh, the State Department? I've been asked to expand the J-Wix connectivity past uh, Washington, D.C.,
1: past uh, embassies, CONUS uh, State Department locations to those overseas embassies and outposts. In terms of DOD, where some of those communication fabrics and environments and networks are already in place, one of the things i found out inside of the State Department is that they're not always in place, and We've been working towards that since I've arrived. Uh, secondly, uh, I've been asked to improve and strengthen our cybersecurity uh, compliance level. And I would tell you, we've, meet, we've met that cybersecurity compliance, um, but we haven't exceeded it. And where some things have been more fortified inside of DOD, we've had to uh, really put some emphasis on, and I'll talk more about it later, but put some emphasis on strengthening our cybersecurity posture. So those two things jump out at me initially positively you know there are good people on all sides and there's a skill sets in place we have the right expertise and i would tell you we have the right number of folks uh, so all in all I'm, I'm excited that i took the job happy that i've taken the job and look forward uh, to ensuring that we
0: deliver you know the objective intelligence that
1: advance U.S. diplomacy
0: well first of all i have to say i'm not surprised you're saying you're happy you took the job that'd be news if you told me you weren't happy you took the job <laughs> but i appreciate <laughs> the fact that uh, uh uh, things are, are are looking up in, the, in those first 90 days because that's the, probably the hardest piece is to really understand and get your head around the mission. H- had you had much experience with State Department in previous roles? As you mentioned, 30 years in the Army, uh, working as a civilian for DSS and DCSA. H- had you had a chance to to work with State Department employees? or At the same time, what attracted you to come to the State Department? Was there something specific that happened? Someone called you up and said, hey, Jimmy, you'd be perfect for this? Or did you... Throw your hat a, you know, into the ring and, and it topped up on top. Give me a little bit of background about how you decided to come to the State Department. I believe my uh, my genesis of
1: coming to the State Department started when I didn't realize it was starting. So from 2012 to 2016, I, I served as a brigade commander and then a theater signal commander in Europe, in Wiesbaden, Germany uh, particularly. And I had an opportunity to work with the embassies, not just in Germany, but in Poland and, and some of the other countries along the Balkans. Uh, fantastic relationships evolved and developed you might remember during that time frame was uh, Crimea in 2015 it was the initial invasion of Russia in the Crimea. And so we had a chance to fortify and build those relationships that we needed to while I was in uniform with NATO and with U.S. embassies. Fast forward to 2022, I had an opportunity to interview as the INR CIO. I reflected back to my time in uniform and, and knew then that I really enjoyed, you know, what we did as far as, uh, you know, fostering the U.S. mission, fostering the NATO mission, and said, hey, this would be a great opportunity. Additionally, uh, over 30 years in DOD, I, I saw an opportunity to continue to contribute and continue to give back. And so this was an excellent platform for me to be able to do both of those.
0: It's always interesting how CIOs specifically, but really anybody, gets to the position they're in, right? I mean, you probably, back in 2012, 2016, as a brigade and theater signal commander, you didn't say, oh, I want to be CIO over at the State Department, INR, or whatever, you know, by by the time, you know, 2023 rolls around, and then all of a sudden, this, these opportunities pop up, and you see how the pieces fit together. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I think I think that's a that's a fascinating story. The other piece of this is and, and your experience in the intelligence community also has really opened a lot of doors. I imagine th- that's been the easier side. Understanding the CIO world is one thing, but because you came from an intelligence world too, you are, you also had a lot of familiarity with some of the goals and the challenges. You like JWICS, for instance. That was something that that uh, you know I just talked to the DIA deputy CIO about. That's a that's a common platform that uh, people in the intelligence community use. I mentioned that's been the other easing of the learning curve.
1: Yeah, it has been, and I, I could probably uh, talk uh, a couple of days about the fact that there, there are similarities, obviously, about being in the intelligence community, c- community, coming straight out of a defense counterintelligence security agency, recognizing and seeing some of the challenges and getting here and, and seeing them up front eased my transition, obviously, and then what I was able to see and Garner, you know, while in the military uh, and being a part of the IT community and intelligence community has also eased my transition. And prior to this interview, I've even had an opportunity to visit four embassies in Europe. I been able to get first-hand look as I and CIO, you know, as posture in Germany, posture in Poland, a posture in the Netherlands, and also our posture in Switzerland. So uh, all the things that we want to achieve and do are achievable. Uh, we have the right budget. We have the right amount of equipment. We have the right people. The mindset. The only thing we need to do now is draw up our implementation plan and begin to execute.
0: Jimmy, on that note, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation. My guest today is Jimmy Hall Jr., the State Department's Bureau of Intelligence and Research CIO and Director of the Technology and Innovation Office. I'm Jason Miller, and you're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Jimmy Hall Jr., the State Department's Bureau of Intelligence and Research CIO. One of the things I was looking at was the INR's 2025 strategic plan. Your office is all over it. I can see CIO here and CIO there and IT there and technology there. Uh, Let's start by describing maybe some of those nine focus areas under strategic goal two, which is to transform the digital enterprise. And let's talk about some of those areas your office is taking the lead on.
1: Yeah, just so for the context, my office plays a key role in INR's 2025 strategic plan by leading the effort to transform the digital enterprise. This effort is focused on nine key areas, as you've noted, and a strategic goal tool which aims to make technology central to INR's future. These areas include migrating the TS SCI environment to the cloud, enhancing and standardizing online content management, enabling seamless and secure data movement, integrating the DevSecOps, redesigning processes for better technology leverage, modernizing network infrastructure, devising a mobile strategy and governance implementing agile delivery processes, and creating a technology governance board. And if I can, I'll just touch on on a few of those. For migrating the TSSEI environment to the cloud, right? this effort involves moving INR's highly classified data and systems to the cloud uh, based on uh, our IT infrastructure and and offer a greater scalability, agility, and cost savings. This will require careful planning, uh, security measures, and collaboration with other agencies and vendors. So I acknowledge that uh, this is probably a longer poll in the tent. So enhancing and standardizing online content management, uh, most people realize this, but I'll just restate the fact that we produce a vast amount of intelligence reports, briefings, and other information that is disseminated online. To improve efficiency and consistency, uh, this effort of enhancing and standardizing online content management aims to streamline the content management process, establish standards for metadata and tagging, and use analytics to optimize content delivery. Which is going to be important going forward, we talked a little bit about enabling seamless and secure data movement, right uh, We collect, analyze, and share information from a variety of sources, including other government agencies, foreign partners, and open sources and this effort uh, seeks to improve the speed, reliability, and security of data movement by cutting edge encryption techniques, network optimization, and automation. and lastly, let me just touch on integration integrating devsec ops, right. This approach combines development, security, and operations into a single collaborative team that works to deliver software and systems more quickly and securely. By adopting DevSecOps, we can improve software development lifecycle, reduce vulnerabilities, and respond more quickly to changing requirements, all of which are very, very important to transform into the digital enterprise and moving
0: INR into the 21st century. A lot on your plate, so let's take a half a step back and start talking a little bit about some of those things. Let's start with the cloud, of course. It's a big topic no matter where you're at and no matter which agency. Uh, As I mentioned, I had the opportunity to talk to the DIA deputy CIO recently, and he talked a lot about uh, C2E, the the cloud computing program that a lot of the intelligence community use. Is that at the center of your move to the cloud? Are you using uh, something that already exists in the State Department? What can you tell me about kind of that plan to move some of this uh, data and systems to the cloud?
1: For some context, I probably should have said this up front, but my focus as the INR CIO is solely on the TSSCI fabric. Dr. Kelly Fletcher, as the department CIO, is focused on what we would call OpenNet or the NIPRNet fabric, and she's also focused on what we would call ClassNet or our SIPRNet fabric. And so when I talk in terms of a cloud environment and moving to the cloud, I'm I'm strictly talking TSSCI environment. Uh, I released the first ever TS Cloud strategy. And that strategy outlined the vision, the roadmap for modernizing IT infrastructure, improving efficiency, agility, and security with cloud computing, and achieving strategic objectives at the same time. So we're operating the AWS TS Cloud today, and we're in the process of refining our implementation plan. And what I'll do uh, going forward is communicate that strategy, communicate our implementation plan to all the stakeholders, And then I'll fold that into uh, a aforementioned governance structure to ensure successful, very successful execution. I will tell you, though, however, there are several challenges with migrating to the cloud, right, Um, including the knowledge and skills, technical debt, involving federal mandates, uh, software inventory, vendor lock-in, et cetera, et cetera. And then the the AI machine learning conversations that are dominating uh, the news and the headlines today. So, just a few details on each of uh, some of those challenges. Cloud knowledge and skills. We will need to ensure that our staff possess the necessary cloud computing skills and knowledge to successfully manage the cloud environment. This will include understanding how to configure, provision, and monitor cloud resources, as well as how to ensure security and compliance in the cloud. Technical debt that I talked about. Just for definition purposes, I'm referring to technical debt as the accumulation of outdated and insufficient technology practices that have hindered the Bureau's ability to innovate and adapt. As we move deeper into the cloud, we will need to address any technical debt that may exist in the current IT infrastructure, such as legacy applications and outdated hardware equipment. So evolving federal mandates, I list that in the challenging category only because, you know, it's something that we need to keep an eye on, right? Uh, the Bureau is a federal government agency is subject to the various federal mandates and regulations. And we'll need to stay up to date on any of those changes to those mandates and ensure that our cloud environment remains compliant with all applicable regulations. In terms of software inventory, we need to maintain a comprehensive inventory of all software applications and services that we're using inside of the cloud environment. This will help ensure that we are aware of any potential security vulnerabilities or compliance issues. It can also help with cost management. Now talk about something called vendor lock-in. We need to carefully consider uh, which cloud providers use that we use and ensure that we develop an exit strategy in the case we need to switch providers in the future. This can help prevent vendor lock-in, which can limit our ability to switch to a different uh, provider if necessary, and sometimes uh, help us control costs, too. And then I touched a little bit up about uh, AI and machine learning. right? So we look forward to leveraging cloud-based AI and machine learning services to help analyze and interpret large amounts of data. Obviously, uh, doing so requires specialized knowledge and skills, as well as careful, very careful consideration of
0: ethical and privacy concerns. All right. I appreciate the the all the background there. I think it's, it's really helpful. Uh, I'm going to go back to the one thing you mentioned is the first ever TS Cloud Strategy. Jimmy, I'm just going to guess here, and this is, you know, years of experience coming to the forefront. I imagine that is not a public release to cloud strategy. Is that is that is my guess right?
1: It's not publicly re- released. No, it's not.
0: All right. I I had a feeling it wasn't. So because I know a lot of vendors do listen to the show, I imagine if a vendor wants to provide you services or help you out or understand your cloud strategy, uh, they would have to come to you and say, hey, I have a TSCI clearance, and and they'd be maybe allowed to talk to you a little bit about that? Uh, That's correct. Well, good to know because, uh, again, uh, trying to limit how many calls and emails you do get coming down in the future. When you talk about the roadmap and improving efficiency, and again, I know there's some sensitivities here because it's top secret. Are, are you all semi in the cloud, a little bit in the cloud? How would you characterize your current use of cloud services today, and, and where do you want to get to? What are some of those goals when you talk about improving efficiency, agility, strategic objective? Where would you like to see yourself when it comes to this top secret cloud? You know, a year from now, five years from now.
1: We're in the cloud.
0: And when you look at
1: the steps of moving the cloud or number of applications we need to move in the cloud, there's more we need to move into the cloud. If I were to put a percentage on it today, I would say that we're 30% in the cloud, uh, 30% out of 100% as we move more applications and services to the cloud. Our approach is a multi-cloud approach, um, vice a hybrid approach. Uh, so we, we, we plan to step our way through. I mentioned earlier about us working on an implementation plan and that implementation plan will lay out the details of how we will proceed forward. Uh, at some point, though, we will expand to a multi-cloud environment. So we'll move not from not, not away from AWS solely, but expand to some other cloud offerings out there. At the end of the day, what we're looking for is a secure environment, one that's coupled with the data strategy and one that allows and enables our analysts and our diplomats to enjoy the benefits of either the open source intelligence or some of the more classified sources of intelligence that
0: they have a need to know. The other side of the coin here is you mentioned multi-cloud hybrid strategy. I imagine you also will continue to have some sort of data center presence. I guess the goal would be to reduce how much data centers you are using. Is that part of this discussion?
1: It is part of the discussion, and, and similarly to DOD, uh, we're we inside of the State Department are looking to reduce uh, data centers as well. And, and so data center is definitely not my business when it comes to TSSEF. I'm, I'm going to allow the uh, other half of the State Department, Dr. Kelly Fletcher, and her team run the data centers. So each day we, we're migrating either applications and equipment out of the data centers that we're currently running, and we're going to
0: reduce that footprint to what's more manageable. Part of this move to the cloud, as you mentioned, is the technology debt. And I appreciate the fact you offered a little bit of a definition. A lot of folks, when you look at technology debt, look, you know, kind of place it in kind of three buckets, right? There's applications and software and services that are ready today. Maybe they'll go to the cloud. There's some that maybe need some refactoring and then some will need a lot of work. How do you break that down, your technical debt? Or do you have more in one bucket and less in the other? Where are you at with understanding What's ready today and what, what will need more work of time and resources?
1: I like how you characterize it. It's only been 90 days, but I, but I have not gotten to the point where I'm ready to peel back the technical debt and and, and lay out a strategy moving forward. So that is on my uh, short-term list of do's. And I would say in the next uh,
0: 60 days, I will have an approach. All right. As I said, you can just tell that your plate is awfully full. So I appreciate the fact that uh, it's okay that you're not there yet. You just know it's on, on the to-do list. Jimmy, on that note, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation. My guest today is Jimmy Hall Jr., the State Department's Bureau of Intelligence and Research CIO and Director of the Technology and Innovation Office. I'm Jason Miller and you're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Jimmy Hall Jr., the State Department's Bureau of Intelligence and Research CIO. Of all these things, again, there's a lot going on. What is kind of that initial set of priorities that you're working on? You spent, you did, you know, 30, 60, 90 day reviews and understanding staff skill sets. You met with obviously your boss and the assistant secretary to understand a little more about what the goals are. What are some of those short term priorities for you? And then what are some of those longer term when you go through all these different areas that you mentioned? Some of these will come across as both short-term and long-term. And I would say short-term priorities, again,
1: would be expanding our JWICs connectivity. And there's some instances where we can get there sooner than later, Uh, just because the infrastructure is in place, uh, equipment's in place, people in place, expertise is in place. Uh, That's number one. Number two would be strengthening our cyber compliance. Again, uh, that's a short-term and a long-term effort, but in the very near term, we can increase our network tools. We can also increase our level of um, uh, internal reviews and security controls. Uh, we can safeguard some of our data. Number three, we want to move into the TS cloud, right? That's fully moving to the TS cloud. Uh, that's printing and publishing the cloud strategy, but it's also uh, venturing into the multi-cloud environment. So that's number three. And the number four would uh, um, something called user experience, but we want to improve our user experience. Some folks call it customer experience, and you see some folks call it user experience. But we want to improve our customer service and the experience that our users have in and around the TSSCI network. So those four things are both uh, my short-term and my long-term goals. Longer term, obviously, I know that we need to organize ourselves to be able to meet mission requirements. Uh, Longer term, we want to expand JWIC's connectivity to as many of the embassies and diplomats as possible. And long term, we want to uh, improve our cyber security posture in terms of a network monitoring tools, in terms of processing, in terms of standard operating procedures. Then lastly, we, we need to build a, a solid governance foundation. You know, the governance framework is going to get us, uh, it's going to ensure success, successful execution. It's going to ensure the due diligence that's needed uh, when it comes to project and project management. And it's going to ensure uh, that we invest in the proper places.
0: I was actually going to ask about the governance piece. Currently, what does the governance look like today, and and, and how do you want it to change? I mean, a lot of folks use some sort of uh, integrated project team. Some folks use some sort of board uh, where you bring in, like, the mission folks, the customer, so to speak, as well as you bring in the CFO types, the HR types, the acquisition types. How How do you foresee your governance foundation?
1: Our governance framework be a phased framework as most organizations have. And so there is a configuration uh, board that will meet every week, weekly, coupled with an IT uh, review board that will meet uh, bi monthly, and then chaired, as a board chaired by me called the IT Governance Board. In fact, we just had one last week. Uh, and that IT Governance Board, we bring in both uh, OpenNet and ClassNet. CIO, Dr. Kelly Fletcher, we bring in the diplomatic security folks that I mentioned earlier. We bring in the stakeholders inside of uh, the Bureau, and uh, I chair uh, a governance board focused on budgeting and resourcing and those IT priorities priorities that we haven't had an opportunity in the past to sit across from the table and discuss, you know, how are going to attack uh, not just the four things that I mentioned between JWICS migration, cybersecurity compliance, but also the, the longer-term governance framework, the longer-term cloud strategy. And at the end of the day, what I said about how we invest and when we invest in, in IT projects is also discussing that in ITGB. And that's a quarterly forum. And so our next uh, forum will be scheduled for the fall.
0: Again, I appreciate you breaking that down. I think it's really an, always interesting the way things are set up because decisions are not necessarily made in a vacuum. It's not made by Jimmy sitting on, on his big chair, <laughs> ruling the roost. Right, it's always going to be that that partnership you have with the diplomatic security folks, the open net folks, obviously the IRM folks, but also the mission folks, because all of those people have something to contribute, and really is important for you to be successful and, and to provide you know the mission of the INR to be successful. So you mentioned JWICS a couple times. If, if folks aren't familiar with J-Wix, uh it's the uh, if you will maybe. I'll ask you to define it so I, I don't mess it up, but define real quick what jWix is, just in case the folks aren't familiar, and, and how are you expanding that? I guess I'm a little surprised, uh, I shouldn't be, but maybe I am, that I didn't realize uh, the State Department was using J-Wix. but uh, you know, logically it makes sense.
1: We've adopted the the international language of the Joint Warfighter Information uh, Communication Systems, uh, better known as J-Wix, as part of our fabric. Inside of the State Department, we we call it the Information Network, or NRIS, right? Information Network um, a Resource and Information Management System, I N R I S. Uh, but it's basically JWICS. And one of the things that I've been charged to do uh, since coming on board is create um, a modernized network and infrastructure for the classified environment. So in addition to the TS cloud strategy, we're also working to modernize our network infrastructure for the classified environment in terms of creating a more secure, agile, and efficient network that we can support not just the Bureau's mission critical operations, but some of the key goals inside of uh, the State Department. That includes upgrading network hardware and software, right, to improve our performance and security. That includes implementing a software-defined network architecture, right, that can automatically adapt to changing traffic patterns. And part of those changing traffic patterns, as I mentioned earlier, will be to establish the JWICS connectivity, at our embassy's posts and outstations. We want to enhance the network segmentation to improve security and reduce the risk of unauthorized access. Then I want to implement advanced security features, such as encryption, intrusion detection and prevention, and also advanced threat analytics, so kind of get into that cyber security conversation. Again, um, I'm I'm charged completely with running the TSSCI uh, fabric for the department. And in a sense, the Intel CIO, as I mentioned earlier. So our focus would be becoming a premier, you know, j provider for the department.
0: You mentioned some changes to cybersecurity a couple of times. Uh, you give us a little more details about, for instance, software-defined network and, and network segmentation. Are there other areas of cybersecurity? You mentioned, for instance, uh you're good at compliance. You want to get even better. You mentioned some new tools. Understanding that there's some sensitivities there, of course, is there more you can tell us about kind of some of your goals around improving cybersecurity?
1: One of the additional goals of improving cybersecurity would be safeguarding and defending the, the TSSCI fabric, right? So as the owner and operator, J-Wix, and the INR Bureau, we have that mission, right? So we want to provide a set of security systems and processes to identify and address any vulnerabilities. And so, yeah, we're meeting the compliance, um, but we want to take that to the next level by being able to identify things ahead of time as opposed to uh, responding. And so that's done by enhancing the number of network tools that we have to help us see our network. The effective governance that I've talked about uh, previously, we want to establish the same governance on the j side of the house to manage our cyber risk across the enterprise. We want to deploy some of those uh, real-time threat-based automated security functions, and I'll just leave it there. And then we want to improve our cybersecurity awareness. And what I mean by improve our cybersecurity awareness is that we want to raise awareness of our workforce. You know, obviously, a smarter user base only adds to a more secure uh, network and fabric. And then we want to involve regular communication and engagement uh, with employees. And some of that just involve, revolves around cyber tips of the day, cyber tips of the month, uh, understanding the risk and cyber risk, whether it's email management, whether it's uh, data management, or whether it's a combination of both. So, overall, our, our goal is to create a culture of cybersecurity within JWX that pro- prioritizes protection of sensitive data and the uh, mitigation of cyber risk. I, I believe that by focusing on these uh, areas, we can significantly enhance our cybersecurity posture and better protect our operations.
0: Jimmy, on that note, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation. My guest today is Jimmy Hall, Jr., the State Department's Bureau of Intelligence and Research, CIO, and Director of the Technology and Innovation Office. I'm Jason Miller, and you're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Jimmy Hall, Jr., the State Department's Bureau of Intelligence and Research, CIO. I want to maybe shift gears a little bit. We've talked a lot of priorities, but one of the things that also came out in, in the strategic plan is something called the uh, State Department's new Strategic Open Source Coordination Office. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how you work with that office? Because I'm sure that there's some tools and technologies and, and other things that they all need that you can provide to help support them. Is that part of, uh, again, another piece to the puzzle?
1: Uh, Yes, it is another piece of the puzzle. So let me just say uh, for context here, last year INR recognized the significance of open source intelligence um, as a valuable tool for our diplomats worldwide, right? Uh, To improve the use of uh, this open source intelligence, we established a new strategic open source coordination office, which I'm sure you're familiar with, right? This office serves as a central point of contact for policy training and craft around open source intelligence. Uh, This office will also test and procure open source tools, They'll deliver them overseas, manage contracts, et cetera, right? So our diplomats will be able to leverage open source intelligence to share insights in an unclassified manner, which will allow for greater collaboration and information sharing. The Law of Strategic Plan, INR 2025, emphasizes digital modernization, right? And that's where the CIO and the TIO team comes in, right? And it's digital modernization. And the need to shift IT's mindset towards a more modern, agile, and innovative technology team. So, as part of this uh, 2025 plan, we established a senior level chief information officer position myself, right, which is now, I'm now part of the front office. Uh, we've established a technology governance board, which I talked about earlier, to oversee IT and modernization efforts. And we've brought in a, um, a chief information security officer, a CISO. Which this bureau did not have uh, previously as well, and so he's been on board about a year, so all of this ensures that the bureau has the best available leadership equipped with the latest technology and tools to improve its effectiveness right and so overall, the establishment of the strategic open source open source coordination office and the emphasis on digital modernization uh, demonstrates the department's commitment to leveraging technology to improve its operations and effectiveness.
0: From your perspective, and where you sit as a CIO, does open source offer any more challenges or any more opportunities than obviously classified data does, from in terms of supporting with technology, providing tools? Uh, did, did, does this give you an opportunity to test things out in a different way? Talk a little bit about that perspective, and, and because uh, I think there's been a, a huge interest and a huge understanding over the last decade about the value of open source intelligence.
1: Yeah, so uh, only 90 days into it. So I would tell you that the, the light at the end of the tunnel is a digital modernization, right? And so that's going to allow uh, the unclass open source to be more effective. And so we'll, we need to keep up with the latest latest tools. We need to ensure that we remove the tech debt that we talked about earlier and update either our applications, our hardware, and our equipment. And we need to look, look forward and see how we can leverage uh, AI and machine learning. And so if we do those things, whether it's on the TS, SCI fabric, or on the uh, unclassified fabric. And then we're gonna be, we'll we be able to enable uh, that open source coordination that's uh, sorely needed. So in the terms of my job, is to ensure that we, we just track digital modernization. And that we'll be able to uh, enable open source collection and conversations.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think one of the challenges is there's so much in front of you that you still have to kind of, there's things are still coming together and still understanding the the role where you can play and and, and the opportunities for that. Jimmy, we talked a lot about what you're doing internally with the INR, all all the the priorities, your plate is full, obviously. The good thing about being as part of the intelligence community and coming from that is there's, there's efforts to take advantage of what other folks are doing across the intelligence community. You know, folks with similar challenges, folks with similar needs around sensitivities in, in the TSCI areas. Are you talking to other CIOs in the intelligence community and try to beg, borrow, and steal from them?
1: So uh, to take advantage of the efforts by other IC partners and the State Department's modernization initiatives, right? We are prioritizing partnerships. And as part of my indoctrination and my onboarding, I've met with all of the other, uh, most of the CIOs in the IC community. I haven't completed my round, so yes, so we're prioritizing partnerships. Uh, That starts with the uh, IC CIOs. So I recognize that trying to achieve success alone is challenging and costly. And strategic, operational, and technical and technical success, right, is more achievable through collaboration. Fully acknowledge that um, just based on my background and experience. So building on the Department of State's successful partnership model, we've already begun reaching out to these partners, uh, develop a focus and delivery partnership engagement. They know uh, my four areas that we're getting after, from J-Wix expansion to um, strengthening cybersecurity to even improving our customer service, not to mention our moving into the cloud. Right? So by engaging them with the right partners early, we can address the most critical needs of the organization and enterprise, right? My approach is to seek mutual beneficial outcomes, not just focus on my own needs, right? And then we'll leverage the expertise of our IC partners, who in some instances excel at providing certain enterprise IT services, right? And then we'll foster connections with them where we can more efficiently uh, deliver IT services to our diplomats.
0: And coming from the intelligence community, or at least the Defense Department community, did you know a lot of these folks already? Did you have a pretty clear understanding of where some of those opportunities potentially could be? Whether or not they fit into INRs, priorities, and areas of need, that's one thing. But did you come in feeling like you had a pretty good sense of what the IC was already doing?
1: So I did come into the job with a pretty good sense of what the IC is doing. I did know some of the the CIOs coming into the job. And so those that I didn't know, I've already gone and reached out to. And as we've talked about earlier, right, in some instances, I'm still understanding. And so there's still work to be
0: done. The other piece to this is obviously you mentioned IRM. You mentioned diplomatic security, uh, parts of the State Department that you work with closely on the governance board. Are you also taking advantage of some of their non-obviously top secret but, but services and or technologies, how do you work with those other parts of, of the State Department?
1: So, so the beauty of coming in uh, from DOD and having some relationships uh, is it allowed us to continue to move forward, probably at a faster pace than we would have if I came in as an unknown with no uh, intelligence experience. And so, yes, I've been able to get in and coordinate very well with Dipl- diplomatic S- security, IRM, Um, Dr. Kelly Fletcher and I worked both in DOD together, so we we had a a professional relationship coming into the job. And so uh, those processes and those relationships have helped move us far forward and faster than uh, we anticipated. And so my targets were December of 2023 to move into the cloud. Obviously, we've accelerated that, and we're into the cloud now. Um, I mentioned earlier just returning from an overseas uh, European swing where I've been able to identify at least uh, four locations where we can expand JWIC sooner than later. And so that's been helpful. And then uh, with the CISO on board that I mentioned earlier, we've started to review some of our uh, authorizations to operate and connect and and get us in a posture that's uh, over and above just the compliance uh, stage. I've been very successful at all the above.
0: And at the same time, I'm sure there's also opportunities to take advantage of existing technologies, again, in those other places, whether, again, for your non-top-secret needs. Because I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, not everything INR does is, is in that top-secret SCI area, is it? We must have some stuff that's unclassified.
1: Yeah, but I'll, I'll take you back to my, my, my chart is uh, strictly the TSSCI fabric and all of the other uh, Uh, equipment and connectivities and enclaves out there are solely the responsibility of uh, the information resource management bureau under dr kelly fletcher Um, but there are opportunities where we can collaborate and work together and that's that's happening today and so we're we're looking at those opportunities still understanding them but also um, pinpointing those uh, opportunities that we see down the line that we can work
0: together all right i appreciate that i know that uh there's always that kind of push and pull and, and take advantage of stuff that exists and try to save some money and move resources to where you have to spend more, more of that, those, uh, get those, more of those capabilities for, for the folks at embassies and posts and stations. Uh, Jimmy, we're almost out of time, but I really appreciate all your time. One thing that I do want to make sure we touch upon is the vendor piece. You know, we talked about it a little bit earlier. A lot of vendors do listen to the show. They know you're probably a new CIO and they want to come meet with you and explain how they can help you out. How do you want vendors to work with your office? What What are some of those requests that you want to try to limit and or manage uh, in, in the best way possible?
1: Yeah, so I appreciate it. So uh, the, for starters, okay, so uh, vendors interested in working with our office should know that you know I value commercial industry partnerships, you know as highly as I value the IC uh, community, those partnerships that I talked about earlier, right? So my approach is the first to leverage these partnerships towards achieving three core objectives. Right, We're committed to uh, being great stewards of our scarce resources. This means that we prioritize our partnerships that allow us to maximize the value of our investments. Secondly, we are focused on being as efficient and effective as possible with delivering enterprise IT services. This requires us to work closely with vendors to ensure that our systems are optimized and that we are utilizing the latest technologies. Then finally, uh, I'm committed to uh, tapping into the best practices for technology and integration and optimization. So by working with uh, vendors and industry you know, who has the expertise in these specific areas, I know that we can ensure that we're delivering the best possible solutions, uh, not for the department only, but also for INR. So overall, I believe that vendors who share our, our, our uh, commitment to these objectives will find our office to be productive and rewarding partners. partner.
0: And I guess the last piece of this here is: Do you take meetings? How how do you manage that? And, and do you have industry days or you know kind of meet and greets? Is there anything that you'd want to offer there? Because again, you may get a lot of emails, and I'll take the blame for that, Jimmy.
1: Okay, so I'm I'm not at the point where I'm ready to host industry days, but I do take uh, phone calls.
0: All right, uh, I imagine we'll uh, not ask you what your phone number is, just so so your phone doesn't ring off the hook. But I'm sure folks can find it if they really want to find you. Jimmy, I appreciate your time today. Where unfortunately, we are out of time, so let me thank my guest. Uh, Jimmy Hall, Jr. is the State Department's Bureau of Intelligence and Research Chief Information Officer and Director of the Technology and Innovation Office. Jimmy, thanks so much for taking the time.
1: Yeah, okay. And if I may, just to uh, put a wrap on this, right? So at the end of the day, it's about accelerating digital transformation. It's understanding the word to invest. We're going to organize uh, to meet mission needs, and then we're going to move to a zero-trust environment you know, which will enable us to be this premier TSSCI service provider in the department. Uh,
0: So thanks so much, and I appreciate uh, the dialogue. I'm Jason Miller, and you've been listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Network. You've been listening to Ask the Chief Information Officer on Federal News Network. Tune in Thursday mornings at 10 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One.